Happy New Year, listeners. Welcome to 2019. I hope we all made it. Starting this year, we're going to change the podcast just a little bit. We'll still have 10 song playlist episodes available wherever you just got this podcast, still for free. But we'll have longer episodes available on Patreon, sometimes 12 songs, sometimes 14. So if you want to hear the full episodes, get on over to Patreon and sign up there. And otherwise, you can just keep going. I mean, it would be cool for you to be a Patreon supporter. You know how we don't have ads or um, a network supporting us. So, you know, the Patreon support really means a lot. But whatever. I know. Life's hard. You do you. And thank you for listening. Welcome to Cool Playlist. I'm Eliza Skinner, and this is my podcast, where every episode we make a playlist for a specific life event, moment, or occasion, always with a special guest. And today's special guest is um, hilarious. He's such a smart person, makes great, amazing things. He's a writer. He's a comic. He's a podcaster. He's Nick Weiger. Hi, Eliza. Hi. Thanks for having me. Isn't that awkward praise awkward at the beginning? <laughs> no, I thought it was nice. Okay, good. I just, everything you make, I'm like, what? How come no one in the world has ever thought of that? And of course, no one else has ever thought of it because it's so unique. Oh, boy. That's, yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> so now I made it up. There you go. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, you got, no, those, you got that's a very, good very brain. nice. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Um, are you currently working on uh, I Love You, America? Uh, that show we wrapped up on a few weeks ago as of this recording. So uh, all the episodes for season one are available on Hulu. You can check those out. But yeah, right now I'm a between things, I guess is the thing you say. Yeah, holiday guy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just sort of hanging out. Um, Going to play some Dragon Quest Eleven. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Good. Yeah. As the uh, shepherds did. Um, <laughs> and... Doughboys has been going for how long now? We started in mid 2015, uh, so yeah, we're three and a half years. Um, we got we you know we just uh, we're wrapping up our 2018 episodes. We got some fun stuff planned in 2019, some more live shows. So you know we're just gonna keep it going. We're just, we're gonna keep destroying our bodies with uh, <laughs> terrible food from chain restaurants. Yeah, do you have like doctors on call at this point? <laughs> <laughs> you know we we uh, a very on brand for me because I, I it's not just artifice. It is who I am before. We're recording in Burbank, and I knew the. I, I we used to record Doughboys in this very studio, uh-huh. and so I know there's an Islands right by here. So I went to Islands just before we recorded, and got myself a, a shorebird. I've um, never been to Islands because I want to preserve my idea of what it's like inside. Yes, the sign seems so like party time. <laughs> I'm like, you go in there, and it's just everybody high fiving and it, like dancing around with trays full of margaritas and sodas. I ah. mean, it's it's not far from that. Really? It's a no. I mean, it's not. It's no. not a, a complete 24 seven party in there. But it, it's it's got a great island atmosphere. It's got this great <laughs> sort of like tacky tiki sort of vibe. They've got a. Uh, I think the the channel is actually called Surf TV, which is maybe just made for, to play in islands restaurants, but it's like on a loop in inside, and it's just like slow mo surf footage. It's awesome. That's like uh, I had a video for my cat when I was a kid that was called Cat TV, and it would just it was just somebody had turned a camera on an aquarium, right. on like a like a gerbil habit trail. Couple different things, uh, and I feel like that's the surf equivalent for surfers. Right, like this is what you like, right? You like seeing this. Uh, I forgot to say the theme for our playlist today is gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. Why'd you choose that? Well, okay, so you uh, you actually had a few ideas for me, and one of them involved a Sonic the Hedgehog, mm-hmm. and I am a Sonic the Hedgehog fan. I think he's very cool and very fast. Um, and then he had a, you know, it, it's like a thing that is associated with Sonic. They hit One of his theme songs for his many TV shows uh, was Gotta Go Fast. And it is just like when I think of him, when I think of Sonic, I think of like this continuous forward momentum. But I also that I realize that is kind of an energy, uh, you know, associated with like that is kind of an energy I like in a lot of the music I listen to um, is just sort of like like something that's sort of driving and feeling like, oh, this is good. This is something that I would I would want to. 
uh, run really fast to, even though running really fast isn't a thing I ever do. But <laughs> just ha- just like that sort of like energy, like sort of emotion inside. Yeah. Yeah. Are you do? What do you use music for if it's not if it's not for running? Wow, Nick, <laughs> why would you ever listen to it? Well, I do actually run, but I run uh, when I run. I'm a, I'm an audiobook or uh or or podcast guy, or I just spend time with the old brain. Wow, um, but um when I, I but so music for me. And you know, my my podcast partner uh, Mike Mitchell on Doughboys has given me a lot of shit for this because they've said like when I drive, which I hate to drive, but when I drive, a lot of times I'll just drive in silence. Yes, um, I have heard of people doing that, and yeah. I find it chilling and yes. threatening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but I'm not a maniac. I just like I like I have like some time alone with my thoughts and. So, I, but I know in the cars when a lot of people do consume music. For me, music these days is pretty much when it's a productivity tool. It's like mm. when I'm when I'm doing work, when I'm like writing or something. And the, most of what I do, most of the productive work or what if you want to call it productive work, I do is writing. Uh, I, I just have some music going in my headphones to just sort of keep me focused. And in those uh, circumstances. I don't. I can't handle lyrics because then Me I hear too. I hear words and I'm typing words and I just like it, it conflicts. So I listen to a lot of just like like you know instrumentals. Yeah, I'm the same way. I find it very weird when people can listen to lyrics right. while you were like I'm like. What? But then again, a lot of people just don't even pay attention to the lyrics at all. Yeah, so they maybe tune them out. Not paying attention. But yeah, I uh, I've said it on the podcast before. I use a lot of uh, guitar music. Mm. Um, and Philip Glass. Oh, that's nice. So if someone thought that, though, that that's what I listen to just all the time, I would be, like, the worst, just the worst person. Right. Like, someone who like who lives in uh, turtleneck sweater dresses yeah. and throws dinner parties of full of food that no one wants to eat. Wh- you know? <laughs> like, right. a chicken toe and a skewer. Don't skewer the toe, though. <laughs> eat them separately. We found these in Guatemala. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, listen to Koyana Skatsky. And, yes, uh, exactly. And, uh, Steve Vai. Mm-hmm. What, what is it when you say guitar music? Because that's that's a wide that goes and classical everything. guitar. Oh, classical guitar. Classical okay. guitar. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess that does. Uh, it is a wide. It's not 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 sick guitar solos. That's what my mind immediately went to. God, I was that, thinking of a bucket head just shredding. Man, I wish I was writing stuff that would match with that. <laughs> if I was just like, here's your script, and the, and you open it up, and you could hear the guitar solos. Yeah. That would be cool. Um, it it is like my brother played guitar. was a was a very good guitarist. I mean, he might he might still play like as a hobby, but he was a very good guitarist, rock guitarist, and uh, was in a number of bands. And he, but he like listened to a lot of classical guitar, but he also listened to a lot of flamenco. And he had this one. There's this one artist, Paco Pena, uh, mm-hmm. or maybe it might have been Pena. There might have been an an, an NDA mm-hmm. in there. Um, but uh, he uh, and and I remember him listening to this, and the music was just so virtuosic. It was like the most like staggering like like I don't know how someone's fingers can fly that fast. Yeah, even the classical type of guitar you yeah. can tell is like check this out, ladies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like even when it's played by women, it's right. still like. I'm a blowing your mind. <laughs> I kind of am. You can't believe what I'm doing. <laughs> um, want to get into this playlist? Please. Yeah, for when you gotta go fast. The first song in the playlist is one of my choices. Uh, we'll kick it off with Maniac. Oh, this is a good one. Yeah, right? It's an excellent choice. From 1983 by Michael Sembello. From obviously the soundtrack to Flashdance. Crank that up. Yeah, you can't. This is not a relaxed, laying on the couch kind of pick. No, this is like this is like intercut with feet, like going up and down Mm -hmm. rapidly, like in the film. Yes, a dance montage. God, this rules. Yeah, um, the song. So this obviously was on the soundtrack, which came out in uh, April, and it was also on his solo album, which came out in September. Okay. um, Which nobody, I, I, that solo album is not like. Well known, right? Um, which I think is because of that uh, sequ- that that sequence. Or I don't know if if his album had come out first and then it had popped on this, maybe it still wouldn't have been well known. But everyone bought the soundtrack. People ignored the album, uh, which it was the big single on. Yes, right. everybody bought the soundtrack. This was nominated for an Oscar for best song. Wow! Uh, it lost to Flashdance. What a feeling! Also from the same soundtrack. Also a banger. Yeah, Irene Cara, and that song, that whole soundtrack won a an Oscar for um, most cool soundtrack, I believe. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, cool, cool I, original score for a dance movie. 
I didn't know that was a category. Wouldn't it be fun if they just made up categories every year? Just like superlatives. <laughs> right. Like, um, sickest couple that we love to see. I guess that's the MTV Movie Awards. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, the Oscars should do it too. Yeah. Be more fun. It reflects our changing times. Right. What do you think of awards? I don't, I don't watch the award shows. I find them... I don't know, like there's just so much filler in them. Yes. And then also just there's so much awkwardness. Having written for some things, like I don't know if I've ever written for like an, uh, I've maybe written for like some weird ad award show that didn't air, but I've <laughs> never written for like a real award show, but having written for some specials where it's similar, where you're getting, you're bringing people in, they're like just learning the copy before mm-hmm. they go out there and reading it off a teleprompter, maybe like kind of squinting at it, maybe like ad-libbing a little bit in a way that suddenly makes the whole bit not make sense. Mm-hmm. Like I just find that the whole like procedure very awkward and also too i find like the the awards don't seem to age super well so it is just kind of such a momentary thing because you look back and you're like the the, what was the best movie of of a certain year it's almost never like the best picture winner right? and it's yeah and and the best picture winner is never or very seldom something that you want to watch again right or frequently like i always think about i don't know why this year stuck with me so much I should I could do research and find out maybe it was the Anne Hathaway year because that stuck with people um, or with me um, but the year that the artist oh yeah was like the big movie right everybody was like how wow it's all changed now yeah. we're new people because of this movie and like no one talks about that movie. No one watches that movie. Yeah, that movie is lost to the ages. It's no one's favorite movie. No, no one's put. No one's rewatching that. And every time I say this, some people are like, "Wait a minute, I love the artist." And I'm like, "Do, do you? You're just do you? You're just remembering Augie or whatever the dog's name yes. was. You're just remembering that dog coming on stage in a bow tie. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's a bad movie. No. It's just like that's my ultimate like. This is we thought it's they're like New Year's resolutions. It's like we as a culture are like, this is who I'm gonna be now. I'm gonna be Roma. Yes. I'm like, no, you're not. You're Mad Max. Shut up, you dummies. You're you're anything in the Transformers world. Um, and I feel the same way from having worked on I yeah. Awards or awards of adjacent shows. Yes. I also feel like I've seen the um, the inner workings of why these two people are doing a bit together and right. we need to show this about them, make them look like they're, uh, they're, they're friends or make them look family friendly or like whatever. And right. It's like one of this uh, duo so was manipulation, manipulative for sure. One of this duo was the first ask and one, the mm-hmm. other one was they asked six people and then landed on this, uh, you know, this runner up and they asked the first person about those six people. Right. They had to approve who they would be on stage. with. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. It's so weird. Yeah. It's all a delicate dance. Yeah. Um, should I get it? Should I yeah. say my first pick? Let's all do right. Yours. Okay. Here we go. This is a song I really like. This is Cannonball Adderley, John Coltrane, Limehouse Blues. Off of the Cannonball Adderley Quintet in Chicago from 1964. It is such like just a, a like, ah, here we go sort of song, you know? Yeah. Zip-a-dip-a-dip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how did you find this? So, I, uh, and we're, we're just getting into this, uh, the solo right here. Oh, sorry. Which these solos just really shred. No, we, we, we can fit it out. Uh, but the, um, yeah, so I, I, I used to play saxophone. I was a, I was a jazz saxophonist. That's the cool instrument. That's I'm, the, like, sexy instrument. I mean, in, in SoCal in the, the late 90s, yeah, you could, it, it's the one wind instrument you could play and join a ska band. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the maybe, one woodwind. Maybe a horn. Yeah, maybe you could play, horn. you could play, you could play a trumpet or a trombone. <laughs> the one woodwind. Um, but, uh. Uh, so yeah, it, it and I played alto sax and I played very sax. But I cannibal I played played alto sax. Um, John Coltrane played tenor sax. Uh, two of the titans of jazz, and you know Coltrane obviously more of a legacy and more impactful. But Cannonball Ireley, no slouch. This is like a, a watch the throne level uh, collaboration. These are two of like two of the best saxophonists just coming together, and and they cut a whole album. Um, so uh, I had this album Cannonball meets Coltrane, which was this this track was on. Um, 
Jazz being jazz, they like repackage the track yeah, and put yeah, it on yeah, a bunch yeah. of different albums yeah. and compilations. Exactly. Uh, but uh, same album every time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I, I, uh, yeah, I just, I just really love like the continuous forward momentum of it. I love when they get in the solos; these guys are just shredding, like they're just like really going for it. Um, and uh, I, it's just cool to hear these two guys together. But yes, yeah, so you asked how I got into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played saxophone. Uh, my, uh, I, I like John Coltrane a lot, and then my saxophone teacher, who I'd go to for private lessons, um, she, uh, she was a big Cannonball fan and mm-hmm. recommended uh, that I listen to Cannonball Adderley to improve my alto chops and then I eventually tracked down a, a collaboration so I was like this is amazing it's all, all my favorite things in one exactly yeah I guess if you're trying to pl- if you're really influenced by a tenor sax and you're like trying to do that kind of stuff on an alto sax is that is that weird is that like I don't know I can I, I can think, only think of it like a vocalist like yeah I, I think, would be bummed out about what my voice couldn't do if sure. I was paying attention to People who had different types of voices. It's definitely got like a different tone, but I, I mean, I think they're the, sa- the if you can play one saxophone, you can play them all with just like a little bit of fiddling. Um, it's it is. Oh, there's fiddling also. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot you don't know about saxophone. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, j- just a it, it, it's pretty similar. But yeah, you do want someone who sounds like what you are trying to sound like, and if you're playing a different type of sev- different varietal of saxophone it's gonna be a little different did you get into like uh pop sax stuff uh your your, your kenny g's oh yeah um i you know i was not a kenny g fan your baker street uh, i do love baker street baker street rocks i i love i love clarence clemens he's he's mm, fucking awesome sure yeah. um but uh i i think that's always the dream and you know i liked a lot of a lot of ska punk so you know that's that, a great song yeah. <laughs> everyone enjoys the song <laughs> ska punk um i liked a lot of uh, the the uh, the ska punk era so yeah the the horns that were present in that yeah it always made you feel it made me feel cool that i was playing an instrument that could actually have a be in rock and pop and have a presence there even though i was not cool at all uh but yeah it, it, it's yeah i think of you kind of like an indoor kid <laughs> oh very much so but you grew up in southern california which right. is so like you know, uh, surf, skate, take your roadster to the beach and park it next right. to the uh, girls in black and white checkered pencil skirts. Is that? Uh, yeah, that sounds okay. right. <laughs> I, yeah, definitely not stuff I par- partook in, uh, but I was adjacent to. <laughs> definitely nothing I did. <laughs> I witnessed it. Though. I was aware of it. I knew it was going on. <laughs> yeah. So you were you weren't in the ska bands. You were just around. Well, I was I was in a ska band oh, d- with sorry. some older kids um, in Orange County. This was a I was in this the ska band called My Other Brother Daryl, um, which oh, was a reference you were comedy to, ska kids. It, well, well here, look, I did not name the band, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'll, you I'll, wanted to just call it Daryl <laughs> or my brother Daryl. <laughs> Um, a reference to the Bob Newhart show. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, uh, yeah, I played with them for a little bit. They were older than me, which made me feel doubly cool. But then the band sucked. So after like a little while, I was like, oh, these, this is not good. This is not good for me. Yeah, man. I have such a warm heart and closed ears for a high school band. Right. Like, yeah, kids, go out there and suck. I don't want to hear it at all. <laughs> I don't want to hear your process. Check in with me once you've gotten good. But I love how bad you are. <laughs> I love it. I love them being bad little struggling musicians. It's charming. Try, just trying to trying to reach for the dreams. For sure. They'll land at Realtor. <laughs> or not. That's a shitty thing for me to say. Because <laughs> um, uh, I'm just still a high school teen reaching for my dreams. Um, my next song is... Uh, I, I picked some real, real uh, straight shot down the middle. All hits, no misses here. That's great. Uh, So the next song is Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Ooh, very cool. Yeah, we're going fast, right? 1978, off of jazz. You can hear Freddie Mercury playing his little keys. You just think of him as a vocalist. Yeah, right? He's playing the piano. Actually, this may be me learning that Freddie Mercury played piano. Right? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, So... I wanted to have some sort of cocaine song in this right. playlist. <laughs> yeah, man, that guy's on coke. Yeah. Or something. But I think you're shooting star, shooting through the sky, you're, probably, you're on coke. Oh, 100%. So I can sit, I thought about uh, 25 or 6 to 4 by Chicago. Okay. But it's not fast enough. Right. It's not driving enough. And Don't Stop Me Now, I feel like that's, yeah, you're going to get in a car accident. Don't <laughs> Stop Me Now. That's, that's, that's a fast song. It's dangerous. Yeah. I mean, even just the title alone is like the 
yeah. going to lead to a car accident. Yeah, it's someone's hand on your shoulder saying, hey, man, do you want to maybe like have some water? And Don't stop just, me now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, maybe, maybe it's time to go home. Yeah. Give no, don't stop me now, Dad. <laughs> I'm having such a good time. Uh, like it's, it sounds so happy and bouncy, and it is such frantic, manic lyrics. Yes, I it tickles me. Yeah, it's 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 like an order. It's just <laughs> like it's telling you. It's like, all right, I guess this guy's gonna do what he's gonna do. Yeah, um, yeah, I I I love that. I mean, Queen is great, and that's a that's a that's a great pick. Um. I guess I'm I'm the one who's uh who's being a little bit more obscure here, including with this next one. But this is a Ghostface Killer song, mm. uh, collab with Missy Elliott. Uh, two more titans uh, coming together. Um, this is a song of you know I'm I can't say I'm a huge hip hop head outside of like like '90s rap, uh, West Coast rap, which is kind of uh, associated with uh with me growing up. Uh, but uh, this is a song that I really like, and I do always like a. I always love a rap song that kind of can wows you with lip speed, to borrow a, a mm. phrase from from one of my bosses, and and this is one of them. But this is this is Tush. I give it to a right and she let me live. From 2004 off of the Pretty Tony album. I was kind of surprised you picked this. Interesting. Just because it's real sexy. Yeah. So I'm like, are we are we taking a, a turn into by fast we mean you fuck? Oh boy! Like I guess slutty I, fast. I guess even for a song that has, <laughs> even a song that has "tush" in the title, and then well, it's the, a, sometimes called "push." Yeah, and it, it push, and then it it's they there's I think they rhyme that with "bush" later. I still never really thought of it sexually. Oh yeah, <laughs> I just thought of it as like, oh, this is a nice sort of it fast just, like, song. Bouncing along, yeah, I like it. Fun. Yeah, it's jaunty. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that both of them. That I think Missy Elliott, kind of especially, we her sexuality got hidden while it was right. fully out there in front in most of her songs. Yeah. But you just thought of her as, or I thought of her as like, cool inflatable clothes and sunglasses. <laughs> she seems like she'd be friends with me or, right. or like my babysitter. Um, and now as an adult going back and listening to a lot of her songs, I'm like, wow, she is raw. It's quite raunchy. Yeah. But it's great. She's, she's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and speaking of my next pick is Missy Elliott. Whoa. I know, you were too inspiring. Uh, I put on Lose Control oh, this with rules. Missy Elliott and uh, Sierra. This song's great. Right? Oh, and um, uh, Fat Man Scoop also. But I mean, it's, it's Missy and Sierra. This I just love that arpeggio. Yeah, it's and so I, great. And I'm really not a music video, uh, a, um, a video game kid. Oh, by the way, this is from 2005 off the cookbook. Um, and that was a year after Sierra and Missy Elliott had made One Two Step. Mm. Which also, great collab with the two of them. Um, yeah, I'm not really like a video game person. Right. Because I didn't have a console is that what you call them yeah console i didn't have one of those growing up so i think i didn't get the the pocket in my brain for it i gotcha uh same thing with watching sports right i'm just not sure how to do it i'm like okay so what are we looking at here what are what are our, what are we paying attention to yeah People like you're already wrong right um but i like like that little arpeggio in there i feel like feels like an arcade to me it is very video gamey because you know the 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 early and and i like video game music a lot and i like video game soundtracks a lot they've they've gotten so they basically could just have you know full orchestral music if they like now but the 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 sort of chiptune stuff that that still exists that became from a lot of the the early video game consoles had like four channels of audio total and so you couldn't really layer things. You couldn't even really do chords, you know, like like even because some of those channels had to be for sound effects. So a lot of it was just uh, just, you know, arpeggiated, uh, just just super fast stuff. Just a lot of just speed was like a was like a big part of, of ways they they did things because you couldn't do like a lot of the harmonies you would do if you had more channels. Like if we play these notes close enough together, yeah. imagine them at the same time. Exactly. Sort of. Yeah. And, and you know, like a, like one of the I mean, just I think a lot of people the, the the pieces that people think. I mean, one one is the the Final Fantasy um, 
uh, uh, you know, there, there's there's like a famous uh, Final Fantasy the Prelude song that's just like uh, they still use in Song Stadium, and it's just an arpeggio that they just keep repeating. They just keep going up and down. Well, that's the thing with a lot of those video game songs, right? That they have to be able to like ex- extend, expand and contract as far yes. as how long they last. Right, yeah. Um, we'll have some more video game stuff in here later. We sure will. Um, but uh, but uh, not now. But not now. <laughs> no, that is to come. Right now we've got a song by Michael Jackson. Yeah! A big MJ fan. And uh, this is Speed Demon off of Bad. Nineteen eighty nine. I love this album. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, he had basically. I, I will even include Dangerous. I think in his run. I love Dangerous. Yeah, I think it gets undersold. Dangerous is awesome. It's so easy to like Thriller, and you right. should. It's you know, it's a classic for a reason. But Bad and Dangerous are amazing. They're great. Yeah, Dangerous is is awesome. I think everyone sort of accepts, you know, Thriller and Bad as kind of like prime Michael oh, yeah? Jackson. You think you think Bad has is is accepted? I think so. I think <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I I also think that like I don't know. I think like because he's trying harder to look cool yeah. and bad and I think that that doesn't line up for people. I right. think sometimes people are like, oh gosh. I could see some people maybe rolling their eyes at it a little bit. Um, but you know, I, I think that 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 sort of run is and then when you expand it out a little bit, you go out to off the wall before thriller and you go yeah, forward. To history. You go to hit yeah, you go all the way forward to history. I mean I think most people will will cut it off uh, maybe say bad was kind of the tail end, but I think dangerous is is fantastic. Yeah, dangerous is uh <laughs> it's a banger. It's yeah. great. Um, the, uh, so, so I like, I like Speed Demon and, you know, as it gets going a little bit quicker, there is like a super fast, like synth, uh, synth, um, line that, that, that comes in and, and it's just sort of like, it's one of those things that seems impossibly fast and I love it. But also, you know, it's a, it's like a song called Speed Demon. So like, that's kind of like thematically right there in the lyrics. I mean, yeah. it's very on the nose. Oh, it fits. Yeah. Uh, it was a great choice. Um, I remember this also in the, the I had the Moonwalker, uh, VHS. Oh yeah, that was his movie that was kind of running all the music videos from this album into each other. Oh, I remember the Moonwalker movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I so this the music video for this he becomes a claymation rabbit. Yes, and then dances with the claymation rabbit that he became in the desert. But later in the Moonwalker video, he becomes a car. And then becomes a man again. That's right. And I'm always kind of like, how come you don't become a car for this? I guess rabbits are fast also. But yeah. Speed Demon, I feel... And also, the cartoon rabbit, it's like, I expected a poppier, sillier song for that visual. Right. This feels like, I'm a car. <laughs> Maybe I'm reaching with that. He morphed into the wrong thing. Yeah. I agree with you. I think, did he also become a jaguar in that? I don't know. I don't know. Perhaps he was trying to find a form that he felt more comfortable with oh, than could be. human. Yeah, maybe this is a this is a larger sort of insight into yeah. Michael Jackson's psychology. Were it, you a Michael Jackson fan? As I fan? loved Michael Jackson. <laughs> I loved him so much. I thought he was so cool, and I just I loved his music. I still love his music. I think he's uh, just just you know an amazing. I mean, I love I love his I love his songs as and then just as a performer, just like his, his the combination of just like singing and dancing is just like I think it's unmatched. I don't know who else has been. Uh, like like a, 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 among men, I'm just thinking like who else is like how, was at that level in my lifetime. Well, you know, uh, if I had more to say about Bruno Mars's dancing, sure, I would say you know let's keep our eye on him. He's very good. Bruno but Mars is very good. He is. He is. I think I've just heard him more than I've seen him. Yeah. So whereas with Michael Jackson, like I'll go ahead and watch the dance clips. Um, now, do you have you have a you have siblings? I have an older brother, and my That's older brother was actually in a uh, the Super Bowl halftime show with Michael Jackson. What? Was he one of the Michael Jacksons that appeared on the top of the stadium? No, he was. Oh. I mean, that would have been so cool. That no. would have been really cool. My brother had, like, maybe the least cool job in that, which is that they w- they had a bunch of kids to come on to cheer Michael Jackson. Like, yeah. that was part of, like, they were on the field. Everything that Michael Jackson did, ever? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they had kids, like, they had kids they'd wrangled on the field to go, and they were they had to go to a certain place and, like, cheer Michael Jackson. Uh, my brother was in charge of a group of one of the kids. He wow. was an older kid. Kid. Wow. He was a, 
he was the drum major of uh, his high school, also also later my high school's marching band. And so they're like, okay, this is they wanted drum majors, people who had wrangling experience, <laughs> to come in and then just have like a like a corral of kids that they they were like, okay, come on, come on, we got to come over here. Yeah, all right, cheer, cheer, cheer. All right, cheering's done. This song's done. We got to come over here now. We got to cheer, 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 cheer. And that was basically what he was doing. So how old were you when he was doing that? I would have been, oh boy, let's see. I would have been maybe 11 or 12. Okay, so were you like, I can't believe I'm so close to greatness? I thought it was super cool, but also I was just on the cusp of becoming jaded. Yeah, so, it so was like kind dumb of, old brother stuff. Was, exactly, mm-hmm. that was kind of, there was kind of that aspect of it too. Like I was kind of getting into my angsty period where maybe I wanted nothing to do with, like I was going to put away childish things like Michael Jackson and move forward to more adult things like uh, speed metal. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I had a weird relationship with acting because of that because my sister oh, is an actress. Yeah. And so when I hit that age, I was like... <laughs> Acting is just for, it's just like so stupid. I don't even care about it. (laughs) I instead am going to be an assistant lighting designer for local theaters, which like not higher on the cool scale. No. Um, Although, uh, yeah, I had no grasp of a cool scale. But it's funny how I associated that so specifically, I think. Yeah. um, With her, I decided like, that's my rebellion from my sister. I don't like acting. Right. I'm like, well, it makes it hard to go to auditions now. <laughs> Probably put some weird buttons in myself. Um, so what do we? Is it onto my choice now? It's yeah. my choice now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next choice is "Win Coma" by Boss Hog from 1995's self-titled Boss Hog album. Very cool. Thanks. Yeah. We're going fast. <laughs> I'm honestly not sure if I know this song. It's cool. I really like it. Um, well, it's a it's a cool, good album. Um, I thought also her voice kind of was a nice follow up to Speed Demon, right? In that she sounds somewhat demonic. Oh, gotcha. Um, the singer and front woman is uh, Christina Martinez, and her husband John Spencer is also in it too. Oh wow! Know from the John Spencer Blues Explosion. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, and they were doing these like these bands kind of at the same time, and um, and they're still married, which is that's adorable. Re- really cute and dope. Yeah, it gives you hope. Yeah, right. So they're called the the ensemble is called Boss Hog. Boss Hog, yeah, that's a it's great a name. Four person band. Uh, yeah, and they put out a few albums. Um, I when I was in high school, I guess I discovered them and was like, "Oh, they're cool." Yeah, because it it's liking any kind of like hard rock metal stuff when you find women in it, mm-hmm. especially women who reflect an aesthetic that you like. Sure, like the the she and uh, there's like a little drawing of I think Christina um, on the cover of this album, and she's like like a big haired Morticia Adams with a little. Um, uh, 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 Edward Gorey type yeah. of um, umbrella and I'm like that's cool <laughs> I mean you just describing it sounds cool yeah um, so yeah I was really into that uh, when did you and you said you got into hard rock also yeah so I was like I had a period uh, where I was very into I was like a band shirt everyday guy and that was like a stretch in sort of in sort of middle school I would say that was kind of my that was my phase. Uh, yeah, really into, I'd say, you know, Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, uh, Slayer. I was into these big metal bands. And then I Anthrax was also in- Anthrax was the one with the guy with the little tiny beard? Yes, yeah, yeah. That was a cute little beard. It was a cute little bit. And it was also, too, like, it was, like, you know, that to me, I thought that guy was super cool. Scott Ian, I believe, was his name, the guitarist, mm-hmm. um, is is his name. I think he's still alive. <laughs> uh, so, but coming out of the hair metal era, because, like, even still Metallica, Megadeth, they all had ha- they all had long hair, but he was bald. Yeah. And so was uh, Phil Anselmo from, from Pantera was bald, like, shaved bald. Like, yeah. not balding, just, like, made the like, decision- really? Could Respect. have a full head of hair. They're just, I'm Walk. just going to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's cool. Maybe not like quite realizing like, oh, wait, that's like what skinheads do. <laughs> that's like. Did you guys have Sharpies? Sharpies? The, no. The classification. So in Virginia, at least, I don't know. And I think this is the thing around. We had Sharpies, which were skinheads against racial prejudice. Oh, interesting. It's an acronym. Um, so it was basically kids who wanted to look like skinheads. Right. But didn't believe in the ideals. Right. <laughs> Which is, like, it makes no sense and total sense yeah, at the same I get time. It. Like, on the one hand, why would you want to look like that? But on the other hand, why does that look 
indicate a belief. That's true. It's strange to think like, well, if you have this haircut, you like this thing. That's this association. It is like also too. There, it's weird that I like over the course of my lifetime that has become a socially acceptable hairstyle for a white man just to have. Like if you're a white guy and you're just balding, your you just shave your whole head. And there used to be a time where that was like there was like, well, what's this guy trying to say? You yeah. know, it was like definitely a statement if you were doing that. But it's a it's the right choice to make. You think so? Don't well, do I mean, don't keep the wings. No, don't keep the wings. <laughs> no, 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 no. Once you're balding to a certain point, right? Just make it a clean look. I was gonna I was gonna try to rock the Wallace Shawn. Just the, sort of have the uh, on purpose, yeah. The super yeah, yeah. long, the uh-huh. super long sides, just the tufts of uh, floating overhead. Are, will you get an ornate vest to yeah, go with it? Probably. Okay. Well, then they then yes. I didn't know we were talking about that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, were you a fan of the Judgment Night soundtrack? I did. I thought it was pretty cool. That was a lot of uh, like rap rock uh, team ups. That yeah. was a big thing. I think Biohazard Onyx was that the was that one of the tracks on it? I, I can't remember. So, they were definitely both on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, that yeah they they were. Mud was, Honey was in there. Right. Um. Yeah, I, I definitely like that. And also, too, that was like, because like the, the rap rock later became its own thing, and that's kind of different. But then actually having like rock bands play with uh, with rap artists and like they were just like playing the the ba- they were the the backing band for a ra- an actual rapper. I thought was like like so such a cool like collab. Yeah, and I think that started with Aerosmith. Aerosmith, yeah, Walk This Run Way DMC. and Run DMC, which I loved, I, and that video was just like. I thought was the coolest thing. Yeah. Where Run DMC kind of, in like, they're kind of invading each other's stages. But are you saying that the Judgment Night soundtrack is how we ended up with Limp Biscuit? I think it is kind of, yeah. That, oh, that's, God. That's I the event. I can't like that soundtrack anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nice when everybody's, like, doing their job and being good at it. Right. Instead of, like, I could do your job, too. It's like when, uh, like, like, people come to a comedy show and are like, ah, you can do it. I could do it. Like, what? I've been working on this for a long time. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's a compliment in some way. I feel like some of these bands were like, ah, I can rap. Yeah. It's, it's, Why not? It, the similar thing in comedy, it's kind of like there was like there was a time when it was like, oh, these the the like legit actor or like the you know, the movie star, dramatic guy, action star will like be in a comedy and they're they're playing and they're like, that's fun. But then there that just became a thing of like, oh now comedy's just star. Guys who are in action movies and dramatic actors. And the other way around, where yeah. like comedic actors who are so funny and we right. love leave and start making these uh these Philadelphia's and you know, important movies. Exactly. Tom, Tom Hanks. He should have kept making bachelor party sequels. Exactly. That's what I that, I mean, I I would have taken at least one more splash. We could have had Turner and Hooch 2, Turner and Tooch. Ah, Turner and Hooch the second litter. <laughs> um, how did you get into comedy? Uh, I mean, it's a good question. I <laughs> Am I in comedy? Yeah, <laughs> am I but I can't tell. In this at all? Like um like did you I I feel like I I think of you as such a Comedy multi hyphenate, mm. but most, but but I guess to classify it would put you in the sketch world. Yeah, sure. I so I lo- was I was working in the video game industry, uh-huh. um, and I was uh, and alternately working in the video game industry, and then I returned to school at UCLA for a time, and then I went back and and got back into the the industry, um, and and stuck that out. Uh, there was a little dinky improv theater that opened south of UCLA, the UCLA campus, which is where I went to school, called Ultimate Improv. I took some classes there, performed there for a little bit. Um, after a little stretch there, the uh, UCB theater opened in LA. I kind of got into the ground floor there. And yeah, I, I was doing improv at first, but I was always like, I'm just better write it like my brain is better if I can prepare something I'm going to be better and more entertaining if I can write something versus just trying to to go off the dome uh so I uh so yeah I got into sketch comedy there and that 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 eventually led me to leave the video game industry and transition into writing for uh first for the internet and then for tv mm-hmm. so yeah that was kind of my that was kind of my path um you ready I, to get to this next song oh yeah <laughs> No, you look like can, we, can we not discuss well, my personal biography yeah, yeah, anymore? Sure, sure. Uh-huh, <laughs> the kind yeah, of thing, any yeah. sort of... Gotta go fast, I guess. Any sort of <laughs> reckoning with my own life decisions puts me into a crisis. They sound like very good decisions. Um, so here we are. This is a... I wanted to put something from... Speaking of video games, I want to put something from the video game world 
in here. I'm not sure if I made the right choice, but this I really <laughs> like Disaster Piece, this composer. He does some really like interesting stuff. He also scored It Follows mm-hmm. uh, in addition to, you know, the a, a number of video games. Um and uh, this song, I think, does have kind of like some some pace to it. You know, maybe I should have thrown in something from the Mega Man or from Castlevania that's, Go that's a little bit man. faster. Go but I really gut. like this one. This is Adventure from the Fez soundtrack by Disaster Beast. Yeah, I really like this choice. I, I didn't know it. And I, I think that we had been... With so many of these going fast songs, they had been kind of like mm, aggressive. Right. Um, And that's not the only way to go fast. Like you could, like, um, yeah, I feel like it just, it it added another level of, um, uh, it's 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 speed, but it's also like dexterity, right? It's and it's like fleet of foot, exactly. Sort of feeling, yeah. It's, it, like for me, it like it's kind of like a the makes you think to a in a sense those old industrials. Like it's kind of like like a kind of like a work 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 move, you know, sort of mm-hmm. track. Like kind of like for me, I think of that, and I don't think of like like. Uh, being pursued or or running or or even using my own power i think of like being on like a like a walkway and like floating forward like being mm-hmm. on a motorized walkway that's what i, I it just thinks of like forward momentum uh like but taking just, things in exactly i'm not, just like absorbing it all yeah right n- not yeah. not uh, mo- like moving the, yourself forward l- allowing yourself to be moved yeah yeah i get that yeah I get that. just sort of falling forward and seeing what happens is that a way that you live your life <laughs> in any way? I don't know. Maybe to some degree. I don't have. I don't. I don't have a lot of. Uh, I don't plan super meticulously. Yeah. Um, but I. I do. Yeah. And I don't like. I don't think things through super long term. Um, but I. I can't say I'm like a super like duper in the moment person. I guess I try to be that as much as possible. Yeah. I. I yeah. I think I'm not great at it. I feel like I make all these. Like I try to fill my calendar and my personal like list of goals, yeah, and move towards things, and then I tell myself like, well, I'm allowing stuff to happen while right. that's happening, but I don't know if there's another way like to be. Yeah, I don't know if I could just be like, trust the universe. <laughs> One thing that happens as as you know, and uh, but but for for people listening, is there there are just a lot of. Uh, things in in the entertainment industry, we have like a general meeting, or you have mm. like a meeting where you just like sit down with somebody and they just want to talk and get to know you. And one question that comes up is like, so what are you like? What are you looking to do, or what do you want to do, or like what are your what are your goals? And I never had an answer for that because I'm just always like, I don't know. Like, and people would like probe at that. Like, what do you mean you don't know? Like, what do you, you want to like? Do you want to like direct a movie? Do you want to like have yeah, your own TV series? It like, could I don't, be I don't anything. Know. Yeah, I don't think yeah. about that. I just kind of take it as it comes. But eventually, it eventually reached a point where uh, one of my reps, my then reps, had to tell me like, "Hey, you should just have an answer for that because people are think you're weird that you're just sort of like <laughs> I don't know what I want to do at, at ever at any point in my life." People think you're weird in not necessarily the way you would want them to think you're weird. Yeah, they don't think it's. I want good. to be thought of as weird, but in a way of my choosing. <laughs> Um, yeah, I would had I had the same thing. I remember being asked what I wanted to do and I, or what type of job I wanted right. and thinking, it, well, any type, get me any job. Yeah. I want any job that <laughs> I, will hire me. I do not care. I want money in exchange for my time. It would be crazy to th- to say anything else. Yes. And then having to have the same realization, um, I think to like talk with a, with a, an acting teacher actually being like, yeah, you should say they're not going to think of you have to say something so right. when that thing happens they remember that was you you said you liked that thing and give you a call if you say anything they'll just never call you they'll right. just never think of you with stuff also at the in those generals when people would say um whose career do you want oh yeah i would say tyler perry oh that's good and they would be like what <laughs> and I was like, well, he built his own audience. Right. He built a huge following, making exactly what he wanted to make. So by the time he wanted to make movies out of these plays that he had been touring, he didn't need to ask anyone else for permission. Yeah. He didn't need to ask a studio. He just made them, and they were already huge hits. And he just kept doing that. That sounds great to have your own built-in audience that you don't have to court. Yeah. And they were like, 
uh, and then I would be like, I mean, Tina Fey. And yeah. be like, oh, okay, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can't, can't even stretch. Like, it's when people make player comparisons in the NBA and they like, they, they always are comparing, like, uh, can you, comp- yeah, I'm sorry, can you say another white woman? Because I just <laughs> yeah. cannot, un- my you brain cannot understand that. Like, that, they don't, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You seem to have a good balance of um, creating things for yourself and, working on things other people have created. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, it's, uh, I don't know if I, if I have a good balance of that or not, but I do try, I have, it is that thing of like, this isn't a thing I even, I even learned on my own. It's just a thing I saw other people doing of just like, oh, you have to have a lot of bunch of fishing lures kind of out there at once and just sort of see what, what's going to bite. You never know. Maybe you, you and your dumb friend decide to do a podcast where you review a bunch of fast food restaurants that eventually becomes an income source. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know. How did it become so? I don't know. I mean, it's great. I don't know. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I have no idea. It's, I feel like anytime I, I see, uh, the, it written about like the, the podcast written about as a, as a success, like the word that prefixes it as inexplicable. (laughs) Cause it just like, it doesn't make sense why the show people like it, but people do, I guess. I mean, it's got an accessible topic. You guys have sure. great chemistry, and you're very consistent mm. with it. Yeah, and with putting it out and and having you know, it, it's not just whatever happens. Like you put thought into it and effort into it, but that's not enough to explain it. Yeah. Like, it there's also like just some kind of little magic in there, I guess. I guess so. It is, it is... French fry magic. <laughs> <laughs> the thing you hit on though, the the term consistency, it is like just in the comedy industry it's amazing how that can like be enough to set you apart of just like oh you're someone who like puts things out on a consistent basis and like shows up on time and like you know hits your deadlines because there are so many people who are just like flaky and just forget about things yeah and when something's working you it's you got to keep doing it right and i think that for a lot of people um if it's working but not like exploding it's hard to keep doing it yeah it's a reason you know, like, to, to plug along it. yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I don't know there's a there's a great quote that says that very succinctly succinctly and in a clever way and I don't remember it so my next choice since we had kind of like slow, slowed things down and I thought taking them almost to like a slightly more feminine place mm. with the last choice I decided to lean into that and my next choice uh, for our going fast podcast uh, playlist is fast car by Tracy Chapman oh I love this song I thought about putting this on. This is one of this is one of my favorite songs. It's so great. Yeah. Um when I used to this is a thing I used to do with my sketch group, a kiss from daddy, is that a number of times, enough that it became a pattern, I'd have a sketch like because sketches are hard to end. I'm sorry, we'll listen to this for a second. It's so good. No, it's okay. I mean I talk over all of them, uh, and you know it's from 1988 it's the lead single off of her self-titled d- debut album but yeah sometimes with these songs yeah when they play i'm like so and then they i just want to listen to this i know song. i was like i was going somewhere i was like wait i don't this point's not important it feels this. like pouring a bucket of the perfectly warm temperature water all over <laughs> your head i had a creative writing teacher who was a weird like creepy guy in, I'm already in. In, in <laughs> high school, like like to the d- degree of like I look I look back and I was like, how was this man not fired? Like would like comment on what female uh, students were wearing. Oh yeah, and like know it well. A classroom of fifteen year olds and be <laughs> like like ooh that hey, that skirt really shows off your legs. And it's like Jesus Christ, this guy. <laughs> God, doesn't that get creepier the older it's, you get and the younger children look? It's insane. And this was an older guy. This guy was like in his late fifties, early sixties. Yeah. Um, but. He did have us read the lyrics of Fast Car in class as like a poem. And I was and I remember just like going through it and like having heard the song, but like going through and like just being confronted with just the lyrics, you're like, oh man, this is like a just a really beautiful uh just piece of writing. It's just so, so uh, so elegant and so sad. And um and then when you hear it, when you have you focus in on that and then you not that the lyrics are hard to hear in the context of the song, her voice is very clear, but it having studied that and then having like hearing it again it's just like oh man this is so poignant and and heartbreaking but it's amazing yeah the lyrics are great and at, when i was a kid growing up like as a as a girl also uh it felt like i think it probably is one of those songs that feels like this to everybody though like it was singing about me right 
even though like you know it's about it seems to be about a uh, working class woman stuck yes. in some town with in a bad relationship but i was like L- yeah like the um so uh, the lyrics as you mentioned uh so i remember when we were driving driving in your car speed so fast felt like i was drunk city lights lay out before us and your arms felt nice wrapped around my shoulders and i had a feeling i belonged and i had a feeling i could be someone be someone be someone that I think the whole song paints this picture of being stuck someplace and still having access to that moment of believing in a potential of something more. Right. Instead of like, I had that feeling and it's over. Yeah. It's like, I I could be someone if I can get back to that feeling in that car. It's uh, it's Springsteen's The River, similar themes, I feel like. It kind of hits the, the same the same sort of, uh, of of thematic notes. Uh, yeah, and it's it's it is also too like what I like about that song this song is it's like it's it is to some degree about being in a rut and that feeling of being in a rut which is how I felt like my whole life was like oh, I'm in this rut. I'm kind of like a, I'm stagnant. I'm I'm in this place I never wanted to be in. And I feel like there's no escape, but I, there are moments when I when I have like a little bit of not hope, but like not this feeling, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. So this, so the, it, my association with Fast Car in particular, as a song I love, I used to well, when I was in the sketch comedy group, as I, this anecdote I was trying to uh, I was starting to tell a few minutes ago, uh, we I would sketches are very hard to end because they're not stories and and there isn't like a way to wrap things up and that's why so many sketches just like have terrible endings. Um, so I what I would or use drift to, into the next sketch or drift into the next sketch. Yes, absolutely. And so uh, what I started doing with for a time is I would just like have my sketches have a have a very hard turn into something like just being like very sad. And so, like for a while, I would just like have these these very silly I have sketches. Seen this, yes. Yeah. So they and and these were live sketches that we do on stage at the UCB Theater. Um, and it would suddenly just be like you know just this thing about like someone's friendship collapsing, and then they just sort of live in that moment. And then Tracy Chapman's fast car would start to play, and then the lights would just slowly fade down on like one sad person like being alone on stage. Mm-hmm. And I did that enough where it kind of became a convention of the sketch group. Um, but yeah, I love that song. Um, okay, so my next pick. Okay. This is a big. Uh, this is another big turn. Mm-hmm. This is uh, the fourth movement of the fifth symphony uh, from Dmitri Shostakovich. From composed between April and July of 1937. Yeah. <laughs> I said that like I knew it. Why would? <laughs> I didn't know what months it was composed in what year. I don't know why I mentioned the months, but that was when I looked it up. That's part of what it, uh, I found. So this is like the, uh, this uh, this whole symphony is awesome, but the fourth movement, it sort of like really gets moving and it's just sort of like this unrelenting, it's the longest movements, longest movement, and it uh, and it, it is just like so like powerful and uh and bold and brash and then you know like it even starts like a like a little bit aggressively but then you hear it like accelerate just with even within that first minute and it starts going even faster and that pace kind of never really lets up yeah i was reading about it and someone had written something about it being sort of like like the feeling of being harangued into happiness and excitement oh sure like, yeah be happy. yeah absolutely be, yes you love this yeah <laughs> like oh god okay fine i do <laughs> like purposefully like right. that's w- what it was meant to evoke yeah i'm like yeah i could, I could see that yeah i i think this is you know it's uh i have no idea what a what a uh, contemporary audience would have felt at that premiere at the time uh, li- li- taking in the symphony but it feels like it would be like a very you know emotional yeah. sort of moment late 30s russia yeah right right they're probably like, yeah, well, uh, yeah, as far as that being told what to feel, probably <laughs> pretty, uh, uh, it would resonate with them. Right. Um, yeah. And like, you love this. You're right. part of the state. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess there is, and this is a, a, a thing I heard from a conductor is that the uh, there's a there's a Russian folk song, uh, Papa Stali, which you'll hear most in the second movement, but you'll kind of hear throughout the symphony. And it's like Papa Stali, Papa Stali, Papa Stali, da 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 da. I don't know the rest of the lyrics. Um, and uh, you'll hear that come in throughout, and it is kind of like a thing of like, oh, I'm sure that has some special significance to 
to to the to people who are Russian as well. Hmm. Which I don't I don't know exactly what it is, but it's it's like again probably something that it's is even sampling. more impactful. Yeah, exactly. If you know if you know the source. How did you find this? So I I used to play in addition to playing saxophone. I also played bassoon. I was playing single reeds and double reeds. The other sexy instrument. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, everyone loves the grandpa <laughs> in uh, uh, Peter and the Wolf. Um, so it is. It, yeah, so I played. That, that's the guy with the little like uh, the little the little silly straw. Yeah, it's got like, it's got a little little crazy straw, and then it, and like a big long body, like mm-hmm. you know, it's like as tall as a person, and um, mm-hmm. you've got so many thumb keys, which I loved as a video gamer. Oh. Uh, but uh, so. I, I played uh, I played bassoon in a, a number of orchestras. Uh, I was pretty good at it. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I was a pretty hey good yo. bassoonist. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, so and so I, I got an opportunity to play with a number of different orchestras. And in high school, I swiftly abandoned it when I went to college, um, for better or worse. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I played this symphony in I don't remember what context. Um, but I, I really loved it, and I loved listening to it, and I love this composer, and I like a lot of uh, a lot of his work. Uh, and this is a thing that I still continue to listen to. I guess, if anything, even my my, my brief flirtations with playing jazz and classical music at least introduced me to these things that I have continued to consume and continued to enjoy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and puts that little pocket in your brain. Yeah, where you know how to enjoy it. Right, right, yeah. Um, which I think I I always think of it as the way that you learn languages. Like they say, if you start learning a language when you're a child, I think it's before second grade or something, that, sure. that it's kind of slips a, a marker in your brain and you can, even if you don't learn it then, you can come back to it yes. and have it, you have a better chance of actually learning the language than if you've, and other languages, than if you've never learned a second language. Yeah. Or not until after that. Yeah, I do, I, I only know English and I barely know that. <laughs> I feel like anytime I listen to myself on a podcast, I'm just like fumbling to like form a single coherent sentence. I think that's true for everybody. Yeah. Like when I started this one, I would uh, email Aristotle uh, sort of frantically and be like, I say so many stupid things in the pausing. Can you take all that out and yeah. just smooth the words all together? Right. He was like, that's no, that's not how people work. And also, <laughs> It sounds like people talking, and right. that's how people talk. Yeah, we're so, a lot of we're, we're you're not used to hearing your own natural speech. Do you listen to your podcast? No, God, yeah, right? That would be really. <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> I did like maybe the first I, the first stretch when we were like kind of doing it on our own. Uh, I, I would listen to them and just for edits and stuff, and then eventually reached a point where it's just like I can't do this to myself anymore. It's so tough. It drives me crazy. I, that's the hardest part of putting them out yeah. for me. Then I'm like, okay, I should listen to it for the edit, and I'm like. Uh, but why? Yeah. Oh, I said such a dumb joke, and then I laughed at it, and oh boy, <laughs> uh, why? Um, it gets very uh, soul chilling. Yeah. Uh, I I beat myself up for like a week because I was trying to say uh, Rouge the Bat. And I said Rogue the Bat instead. I was like, fuck. It's a Sonic the Hedgehog character, incidentally. Uh, perfect. Yeah. Um, do you find yourself attracted to Sonic? No. Do you? <laughs> um, that's not what I was going to ask. Although if you want to answer it, you can. Um, do, do you find yourself... Does it feel weird that people know so many things about you from podcasts like uh when mike mitchell did this podcast right he started with his uh screamingly sad story about uh, a kitten yes and people started getting upset when i put it out and so i added a little like hey guys this is a little maybe sad just fyi at the beginning of Mm -hmm. it and then a whole other wave of people were like we've heard that like a million times on doughboys and i'm like that's weird how we like know things about it is weird you know and and i've had that i I've definitely said things or even put up pictures on Instagram that yeah. I'm like, that's a cute picture of me as a kid. And then some fucking weirdo from Weirdosville will say a comment on it. And I'm like, do I need this person to know yeah. about me going to the beach when I was five? Right, exactly. Yeah, this this embarrassing anecdote I've now shared with everybody. And then I'm just like, now this is just a thing that people comment back to me. Like yeah. they find excuses to comment back to me about the story about me uh, waking up with a boner and like, you know, like, and then f- finding out that I shit my pants. It was like, <laughs> like, why do I need people to tell me? Why do I need people to know that? Why yeah. did I also just repeat that? Uh, but it is like a... And it's never the proud stuff. It's never the proud stuff. It's never, that's never the stuff people want to focus in on. I won some awards as a child. Right. And <laughs> don't talk about it. Yeah, no one wants to hear about my uh, outstanding award. I got an outstanding musician award. I got an eighth grade orchestra for playing clarinet, another woodwind. Wow. 
He, he's a triple threat. Yeah, I hit them all. <laughs> Played a dabbled in flute. And if I'd gotten oboe, I would have uh, uh, hit Ubo. for the cycle. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is it is weird. And it's also, too, it's like you reach a point where you're just like, well, I guess I'm telling this. And you're telling it. And then you also re- later re- reach a point where, it's, where you're like, oh, I think I told this before. Yeah. And then you're retelling it, but you're like, I do I do I just bail on this? Or like, I guess some people are listening who haven't heard this yet, so they'll hear it. But then the people who've already heard it are frustrated that they're rehearing it and mm-hmm. they get mad at you. Well, just, but it they've just... got to understand. They're like people who like you and listen to your podcast a lot. Yeah. Guys, if this is you, I'm talking to you. You're basically like um, our date at a party. And so if you hear us <laughs> telling a story to someone else. Right. You know why. Yeah. Because it's a party. Yeah, exactly. You're just trying to make friends. Right. So be nice. That is, that is assuming that the people who listen to your podcast like you, which I'm not convinced in my case. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that that's another thing that I just have to, I've, I used to think about a lot and yeah. I just had to put out of my brain. The idea of how many people consume us as. Right hate fodder right instead of because i don't really do that i just don't have time in the day neither and so many people i know do that i'm yeah. like what are you doing i mean i used to do it when tom lycus was on the radio sure i would listen to him and be like what well, an idiot that's a special case yeah that was like a, a safari of crazy right and i'd be like wow what do they have in these dark jungles <laughs> um but uh but yeah it uh, if you're doing that i don't know recognize that you're you you love us for that. Sure. I say. Um, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, music. Um, is, that, so, is that everything? We got we got a bonus well, song, right? Yes. That's everything for the free episode. Um, and we have uh, the rest of the episode is on Patreon. So get over there. Thank you so much for doing this. I think this is a great playlist. Um, I think that it's suitable for all fast needs. Yeah. Um, how can people find you? Oh boy. Uh, at Nick Weiger on Twitter, Nick Weiger on Instagram. And Hey, check out Doughboys, the podcast about chain restaurants hosted by me and Mike Mitchell, a previous guest on cool playlist, uh, a, a very, uh, a very cool and funny dude. And the two of us, uh, we bicker a lot. Uh, we get into our life stories and we sometimes discuss various chain restaurants as that is the theme of our podcast. <laughs> I did an episode about Wahoo. That was a real, real hoot. Yeah. We had a blast talking about Wahoo. Talked about a lot of Draculas and stuff. It was good. Listen to that also. <laughs> no, Draculas are a, a recurring theme on the show. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they should be on every show. <laughs> Let's start a Dracula cast. Let's talk off mic about it. Oh my God, I'm in. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Cool Playlist. I'm Eliza Skinner. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Eliza Skinner. You can follow the podcast at, at @coolplaylistpod. You can also find our website at coolplaylistpod.com, and you can find links to all the playlists we make and anything we talk about, and our Patreon. We don't have advertisers, so we rely on Patreon co-producers like you. The theme music is by Ross Bryant. The art and logo is by D. Billy at Duchess in the Queen Studio, and the podcast is produced by Cool DJ Aristotle Acevedo. Oh. And you can always rate and review us on iTunes. Everybody loves that. Bye.